Talk about a shout of praise in this place. Has Jesus saved you from anything? Has he redeemed you from anything? I know we got people everywhere. Come on. Can we give him a big shout of praise all over this place today? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I want to just take a second, and I don't normally do this. don't have to necessarily. I'm going to look right in those cameras right now and say to everybody that's in additional seating, we literally have people sitting on the floor in Serve Team Central and uh, in, in our um, uh, area where they prep the coffee. And they're literally watching on the other side of this wall and the other side of that wall what you guys are experiencing in this room. Come on, can we put our hands together tell everybody that's watching literally on the other side of the wall, we love you. Crazy, 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 crazy. Come on. High five your neighbors. Say you made it to church and so did everybody in Murray. Come on, somebody. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, uh, I want to take a moment. And as we start today, if I've never met you before, my name is Dustin. I get alongside my wife, Allie, and our family. We get to lead here at Purpose Church. And I just want to tell you, thank you for being here. This is a, uh, it's a, it's, man, it's so beautiful to see all of you in the house of God today. And so I just want to tell you, the next 14 days at Purpose Church are going to be incredible. Uh, but before we do that, here's what I'm going to have you do. Why don't you, if you have your Bibles, would you mind grabbing those? And we are going to stand in honor of God's Word. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 9, that's where we're going to be in a second. But I want to, I want to give you a second to get there. And as you're getting there, I want to give you uh, just a few things that are coming up that our team has already shared with you. But just to let you know that, man, the next 14 days of Purpose Church are going to be pretty exciting. And uh, it starts this, obviously today is pretty exciting. And I believe the Holy Spirit is in this place, that he's speaking to you. He's going to speak to you. I, I think, I'm telling you, you are here. And I'm telling you, the Lord is in this place. He's going to speak to you today. And then on Friday, we're going to give those 440 pairs of shoes to kiddos on their feet this Friday. That's because of your generosity. Project Soul is happening this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Purpose Church, for that. And then next Sunday is Party on Purpose. And uh, it's the last time because there ain't no party like a Purpose Church party because a Purpose Church party don't stop. Come on, somebody, right? Sorry, just had to bring that out. Um, but Party on Purpose, we're turning five years old as a church. And so we are going to party. It's going to be a blast. And we're giving away free T-shirts to everybody. So who doesn't love a free T-shirt? Uh, so, And we didn't skimp this year. We got comfort colors. Come on, somebody. We got the good stuff, all right? I said good stuff, and uh, we'll get those to you next week. I'll just tell you, I know this is like uh, overwhelming for some of you today, and then I'll tell you, this is the reason why, and I love it so much, and we got to make room for some more people to come. And so two weeks from today, we will actually have our first Sunday where we have three services that will be happening. 815, come on, I know nobody in this room showing up at 815. Come on, somebody, all right? Okay, okay, you're there. I love that. I love that. 815. 9.45 and 11.15. Any 11.15ers in the room? All right, then. I just want to let you know we're doing that because of the fact that we want to make room for more people. And, again, we don't want you parking in Tennessee and walking to church. Come on, somebody, like you had to today. And so um, just so thankful for you. I want to encourage you with this. Do not stop inviting your friends to church. Do not stop inviting your, your, your family to church because we're going to talk about it a little bit today. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. And I just believe that to be the case today. I believe that to be the case for your family and your friends next week. And then two weeks from now when we're in three services together, God is going to continue to get glory. He's going to continue to do some incredible things. Come on, if we believe that, can we give God a big hand clap of praise in this place today? I love it. I hope you're ready for God's word. I'm excited. I'm fired all the way up. Acts chapter 9. Hope you're there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Um, maybe you haven't gotten there yet. If you are there, say, I'm there. If you need a second, say, hold up. 
Okay. Oh, you're good. He's he's gonna keep going. He's he's Aaron's good. He's gonna go with us. Anybody else need a second? Good. All right. Let's do this thing. Let's let's rock and roll. Acts chapter nine, verse one. I think maybe you've heard of this guy before we're going to talk about today. We'll talk about him, and then we'll go from there. Acts chapter 1. Meanwhile, the Bible says, in verse number 1, it says, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Come on, somebody say, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah, it's a bad day right there, right? He was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Watch what it says. So he went to the high priest, and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. So we read six verses. Now I need you to jump down to verse 26. So I want you to see how Acts chapter 9 starts. I want you to see what happens when he meets Jesus. And I want, to see what, I want you to see what happens in just a second in verse 26. Acts 9, verse 26, he said, the Bible says this. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, Watch what it says. He tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. And so Saul stayed with the apostles, went around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. And when the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus in his hometown. Watch what it says. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And And it became stronger. Come on, somebody say stronger. I believe that the heart of my, of what, what I want for our church is not that we just become bigger, but we become stronger as well as a church. As a body of believers that we sink some roots down and that we begin to grow and we begin to be stronger as the believers. Watch what it is. How, how, how can we do that? we got to live in fear of the Lord, which is what the Bible says. That if you and I will fear the Lord, man, I'm telling you, God is going to do something special. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Come on, how many know that's maybe a byproduct, but that's not the focus, right? The byproduct isn't the number. That's the, the numbers are, the, are not the focus. The focus is the fear of the Lord. So today I want us to have that. As we grow, I want us to continue to have that. And I'm just here to tell you that, again, we are not going to stop until every person in Murray, Kentucky knows that they are loved, valued, and God has a plan and a purpose for them, just like Saul had a plan and a purpose for him. We're going to talk about that today. Here's the title of the message. I want you to write it down whenever you sit down. You've got to be sure to enunciate. If you're ready for it, say, I'm ready. Here's the title. Kiss your past goodbye. All right? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, kiss your past goodbye. All right, come on, let's pray together. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into everything that happens today. In Jesus' name that we pray and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, one more time as you're having a seat. If you love Jesus all across this house, let's make a little bit of noise for King Jesus in the place. 
Awesome. If you can find a seat, you know what I'm saying? We got a few right here on this road clearing out a little bit. If you need a seat, if you're on the floor, this is awesome. This is wild. And I love it. I love seeing you in this place. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And again, we've been in this series called Rent Free. Somebody say Rent Free. Yeah, this idea that there's some real estate being taken up in our minds. Now, I just believe that shouldn't be there. That there's some things that we're thinking about, people that we're thinking about, things that we're walking through that honestly are living rent-free in our mind that we shouldn't be thinking about. Again, we talked about renewing our mind week one. Last week we talked about Saul and David and this idea of comparison. This week we're talking about a different Saul. And this guy, okay, we talked last week talked about Old Testament Saul. This week is New Testament Saul. Come on, somebody. All right, we good? Everybody tracking? About six of us. Is everybody tracking? All right, good, good, good. I want you to see that. Now, I, I want to, we'll talk about him in just a second, but I love to always start out a day by, by getting everybody on the same page, and I just believe that there are two words in 2024. If you want your life to look different, if you want your life to, to, to feel a little different, if you want your conversations to be different, I just believe these two words need to be negated from your vocabulary. Are you ready for them? And no, as the Cowboys fans, they're not go Cowboys. Come on, somebody, all right? It's not, I might need to put those away for a little bit, but... Okay, uh, it, it's actually these two words. That I think these two words, if you need to say them, maybe in your uh, your marriage relationship, like your, your your spouse, if you use these two words, I just know, and, and yes, I'm speaking from experience, that if I use these two words when I'm talking to Miss Allie, guess what? It is not a good thing to do use, okay? And I want to tell you, it's the word always and never. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever used that before? Anybody ever said, you always... Leave the dishes in the dishwasher. Come on, anybody? Or you never pick up your underwear. Come on, right? right? Always and never. Hey, hey, you are always late. You are never whatever it might be, right? Always and never. I think these two words right here, and I think we actually love to use them. I think we use them in a lot of our language. I think a lot of times we are using them. But I, what I would like to submit to you today is that what if that word never actually is living rent-free in your mind right now in 2024? What if that you would left that word uh, never or always, what if you left that in 2023 and you began to ask God to renew your mind that you wouldn't use those, that, those two words necessarily in your everyday life? Because this is what I know what happens is that we begin to use those things with God as well. And we begin to use those same words with God. Oh, oh that will never happen to me. I mean, that'll never happen to my family. I'll never catch a break. I'll never land the dream job. We live in Never Never Land. Come on, somebody, right? That's where we live. And I've met so many people who not only don't believe that something big will ever take place in their life, much less the impossible actually take place in their life. But I believe today that I'm standing in a room and some rooms full of faith, that where faith is our reaction, and we are just crazy enough to believe that when God shows up, guess what? We find that what's maybe impossible for man is actually is actually possible for our God. Come on, if we believe that today, if we got a room full of faith, overflow, additional seating, come on, can we thank God for that and put our hands together today? We're believing that. That we're going to believe that what may be impossible for us is not impossible. What, what may be impossible for us is not impossible to our God. And I want to tell you that today, but far too often what we do is we discount the ability for God to use us based on the reality of our past. 
Then we look at our past and say, God, you would never be able to use us. We begin to believe the lie that the enemy is feeding you and I, that God, do you don't have anything good planned for me? You don't know my family, my history, my background. You don't know how much I've messed this thing up. I'm too far gone. I'm not one of those super Christians that has it all lined up and lined out. And every time I try, I end up failing. But I came to remind somebody today that what the world may nullify, Jesus actually qualifies. That what the world may nullify, Jesus actually qualifies. What the world might write off, what the world might disqualify, what the world might dispose of is actually the thing that Jesus is looking for to get some glory in and through today. What if the very thing that you think disqualifies you is actually the one thing that does qualify you to be used by God? Well, what if that's the case? See, God specializes. We serve a God that specializes in using imperfect people. Come on, any imperfect people in the house? Come on, wave at me if that's you. If you ain't got your hand up right now, you lying, and so you're imperfect. Come on, you be... I I want you to understand something that God specializes in that, that he specializes in using imperfect pasts, imperfect stories to point to our need and our dependence on him. And the truth is that today I just believe that you can walk in amazing faith, you can experience life, that you can experience freedom as it was supposed to be experienced, not because you and I meet a certain list of qualifications, but because of one name and one name alone and that is Jesus because of Jesus and Jesus alone I love Romans chapter 5 if you got time today I think you will have some time you'll have about 10 minutes sometime today read Romans chapter 5 I love this book in the Bible it's actually our guy we're talking about today he actually wrote this book but in Romans chapter 5 what you'll find is so practical for me but go back and read in verse 1 we'll read it in a little bit but if you go to verse 5 uh, or verse 6 what you'll find out is that this is where we are, what what the world might disqualify, what our sin might disqualify, Jesus actually qualifies us for. Watch what it says in verse number 6. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Romans 5 verse 6 says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Watch what he says in verse 7. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Right? We can all agree with that. We can agree with that sentiment right there, that statement. And then we get to what I would call the biggest butt in the Bible. Come on, somebody, all right? This right here is the biggest butt in the Bible. So if we just stopped right there, we find out that we are helpless, that we're hopeless, that there is no future, there is no hope. We are disqualified. We are out of the race. We are out of the game. We are nullified. But watch what this says in verse number 8. It says, but God. Somebody say, but God. Somebody, if you had two words that you need to circle, underline, highlight, put two stars in your Bible, and I told you this a couple months ago, this right here is what you need to do. But God, listen, I love a but God. Come on, I love a but God kind of story. Listen to me. Anybody got one of those stories today? Anybody got a but God story in the room? About three of us. I said, anybody got a but God story in the room? I'll give you a few. Maybe this finds, maybe it'll land on you somewhere. I wasn't going to show up today to church. But God, come on, can we play together? Can we, can, we, can we do this together? Okay, here we go. I would have hit send on that text message. Come on, anybody in the room? Delete that, <laughs> you know, backspace. Okay, all right. Listen to me. I, I'm, I'm going to kind of drill in a little bit. I would have married that girl that was no good for me. 
I would have, could have, should have been dead from that drug addiction. Come on, anybody been there before? Come on. And listen to me, I, I would have been on a path that I never meant to go down. Come on, I want you to say it like you got a but God story. Come on. But God, come on, here we go. I would have never had kids because we couldn't on our own. Here we go. I was caught up in a pornography addiction for years of my life. I was going to end my life. If you have a but God kind of story in this place, will you take five seconds and give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords an incredible shout of praise. Come on, is there anybody thankful that we serve a but God kind of God? I was utterly helpless, but God, watch what it says, showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Not when we had it all together, not when we were perfect, while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. Woo, that's good news today. It's good news on a cold Sunday because that means you can kiss your past goodbye and that you can look past, like literally you understand that he can use that terrible past. He can use that failure for his glory in the future if you will let him. And that's where I want to introduce you to our God today, Saul. Somebody say Saul. Yeah, Saul, not the same dude we talked about last week. This is the New Testament Saul. Saul is a different guy than King Saul of the Older Testament. But this guy named Saul, I want you to understand, the best way I can put it was he was a terrorist. That's what he was. He was a terrorist. He was a Christian killer. He was willing to say, you know what, if you're a follower of the way, I'm, I'm going to persecute you. I'm going to take you back in chains. I'm going to be an executioner of people that preach the gospel of Jesus. Listen to me. Saul was so bad. Saul was so bad that guess what? The very first guy that was preaching the gospel that was about to be stoned for preaching the gospel. And i got to communicate in 2024. I'm not talking about stoned recreationally, okay? I'm talking about rocks thrown at somebody's head. i got to clarify in 2024, okay? Like, like you got to understand they're about to throw rocks at this guy named Stephen who is preaching the gospel. And guess what? Paul's so bad. Paul's so nasty. You know what he does? He said, hey, I'm going to cheer y'all on on the side. Here, y'all hand me your coats. I'll watch as y'all do it. That's how bad Saul was. That's the guy we're talking about. That he would oversee, he would for, uh, over, oversee like literally the execution of Christians. Ruthless in his pursuit to snuff out the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see it right there in the verse first we read. It said it like this. Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager. I, I like that word eager, right? I think, obviously, if it's used in the right term, it's good. But, but you ever had a little eager moment of your life? You were excited about something? You were moved, you, got, you got up in the morning a little different because you were eager about that day. Anybody in the room? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Okay, here's what got, got Saul up every morning. You know what it was? To kill Christians. That's the guy we're talking about. That's the kind of man we're talking about. This guy that literally was getting up in the morning eager, excited. Woo-wee, today, you know what I get to do? I get to go kill some Christ followers. That's the guy we're talking about. I want you to see that. I want you to feel the gravity of that. Let, let me share something with you. He is not passing a background check and working in Purpose Kids. Come on, somebody, all right? He ain't doing that. I, I's not a, I'm not hiring this dude to be on our Purpose staff. But guess what? That's when Jesus steps in. And watch what happens. As he's on his way, literally with threats, every breath, eager to kill the Lord's followers. The Bible says that as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, He's on mission that day to go and do the evil, to go and do the, the wrong thing, to go and, and literally kill everybody that follows Jesus that he could find. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. 
And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And listen to me, Saul, on his way to kill innocent Christians, but God shows up. I want to tell you something today. How many of you know that when God shows up, it's about to go down? Come on, right? When God shows up, it's about to go down. And this moment right here changed everything for this guy named Saul. And I just believe, and I want you to write this down, that one encounter with Jesus can change everything. That one encounter with Jesus can change everything. Again, that's why it's so important for us that we say, hey, you know, we're going to make room for more people to be in this place on Sunday morning. We're going to go to three services in two weeks, 815, 945, 1115. Why are we doing that? You know why? Because we just believe one encounter with Jesus can change everything. We believe it can change everything. That's why I'm just going to encourage you, show up to church every week. Go in when we're worshiping. Get into a crew when crew season kicks off. Bring your student to youth on Wednesday night. Drop your kids off at Purpose Kids because I just believe, and we as a church are just crazy enough to believe, that one moment, one encounter, one interaction with Jesus can change everything. It can change everything. And listen to me, because of Saul's encounter with Jesus, it changed everything. Not only did it change his sight, he was blinded, just so you know. Blinded by the light. Don't sing the next part, okay? We won't sing that next one. Okay, cool. That's for all the older people in the room to know that song. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, cool. Here we go. He was blinded. God changed his sight. Not only that, God changed his heart. God also changed his name. So we go from Saul, now he's Paul, the artist formerly known as Saul. Come on, somebody, right? Like, that's who he is. His name has changed. And guess what happens? In a moment where Jesus changes everything, I want you to see something really quick. That he would go on to write 13 books in the New Testament. He would go on to become one of the greatest apostles, teachers, church planters to ever live. He would show up in communities. He'd plant churches like Purpose Church. He'd raise up leaders. He'd teach them about Jesus. Then he'd head to another town. He'd do it again. That's exactly what Paul would do. And I just think that Saul slash Paul's life is proof positive that all are qualified to walk in God's plan. It's proof that you might be on the completely wrong path, heading the wrong direction direction to do something evil or destructive or maybe you don't even realize you're on the wrong path but in one moment God can change your direction for good that we serve the God who can take a Christian killer and he can turn them into a church builder and if he can do that listen to me think of what he can do in your life come on if we believe that in this place in 2024 I think we ought to take 10 seconds to say God we trust you God we believe you God God, you can use us. God, you can use us. And I want to share with you a few things I think we learned from this guy named Saul's life that can encourage you, that can challenge you to take another step towards Jesus. Number one, I want you to write it down. When it comes to not letting your past live rent-free in your mind any longer, you have to realize that God is looking for your availability, not just your capability. Like, like I want you to understand that. God is looking for your availability. Not just your capability. And maybe you're ignoring the plan that God has for you because you think it's for somebody else. Oh, it's for them. It's not for me. Maybe the problem is for you and I that it's not that God hasn't chosen you or I or that your past is too messed up. But maybe we're just too busy waiting to get it perfectly right before we think we can be used by God. 
Maybe you're in this season of your life, and I heard Pastor Stephen Furtick preach about it. He said you're in a one-day win season. And maybe for you, you're in that season right now. One day win, then I'll do that. One day win, I get more time, then I'll serve. One day win, I, I hit the lottery, come on somebody, then I'll give a little bit more. Well, I, and I'll just tell you really quick that maybe where you find yourself in a one day win, one day win when I get done with school, one day when the kids are out of the house, one day when I get married, one day when, when whatever, whatever that might look like for you. And I think we're living in that season, a lot of us right now. And you might think that you need to have everything perfect to be used by God. But if that is your mentality, listen to me. You are going to be waiting your whole life to walk in what God is calling you to walk into right now. You'll be waiting your whole life. Because this is what I want you to understand. God doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to show up. God doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to show up. Did you know that God knows that we're not perfect? Did you know that? That he sent his son, Jesus, who was perfect for us. Right? He knows you're not perfect. He knows that I'm not perfect. He needs you to show up. He needs you to be available. He needs you to say, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you want to use me? God, how, how, how and when and where? Where do you want to use me? I, I'm saying yes to whatever you call me to. I remember before we planted Purpose Church, I actually was a youth pastor. And, of course, you're like, of course you were. Yeah, yeah, I was. And uh, I, I was a youth pastor for years. And I had, when we first started as youth pastors, I had five kids in our youth group, right, five students. And three of them was my cousins, so they didn't even count. So that's two of them, all right. But I remember what happened was this, is that I had no idea what I was doing. And I'm just going to just warn everybody today, I still ain't got no idea what I'm doing, all right. So just, just welcome to Purpose Church, everybody, all right. But, but I want to let you know, I remember what it was like when we first had five students showing up. And I didn't know what to do, so what I, I did, what I just knew what to do. I, was a, I used to be a, a, a camp counselor that, that would serve at, at this place called Crossings and Youth Camps. And we got a lot of training through that and did a lot of stuff. So what did I do? I did what I did at youth camp. You know what I did? I just said, all right, everybody circle up, kick your shoes off in the middle. How weird can church be sometimes? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, invite my friends to kick their shoes off in the middle of the room. This is weird. All right. How many of y'all know that's weird? Okay. I don't really know why I did that. But this is what I would do. I had everybody, it was just more comfortable. Everybody's just kind of chilling a little bit. And then I would literally teach them what I read from my Bible that morning. No sermon. Didn't know, didn't know how to, you know, do a sermon. Didn't know how to incorporate stories. Had no idea. I would just literally teach them what I read that morning. And guess what? Five turned into 10, 10 turned into 50, 50 turned into 150 every week. And what I began to realize is that this, if I waited for the perfect time for us to be able to say, hey, you know what, if I get that perfect sermon just right, or if I do this, if I waited to do that before I ever spoke for the very first time, guess what, y'all? I would still be waiting. If we waited for the perfect time to, to, to launch Purpose Church, guess what? We'd still be waiting. But I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be on the other side of this faith step that God is going to use you when you say, hey, I'm available, God. Whatever you want to do with me, you can do it. I am available. I, I may not be super capable. I'm going to give you what I've got. And then, man, you just do the rest, God. You just do the rest. And again, I want to tell you, this is what we see in Paul. Paul is a passionate person, right? When he was Saul, he was passionate, just in the wrong direction. Come on, somebody, right? He's going the wrong direction. But God, what did he do? God changed him, began to use this passionate man for God. He didn't ask him to tone it down once he got saved. No, instead, God used his unique personality, used the way that he had made and created Paul. And he said, I made him for a reason. I came to remind somebody today, just like he made you for a reason. Just like he created you for a reason. I want you to take a step back today 
and just look at your life. Look in, inside of your own life and say, okay, God, how did you create me? And what part of my unique design that you created do you want me to make available to you? And I'm going to tell you the way that you can help discover that, the way that you can take a step doing that is attending next today. Literally after this service in this hot box of a room. Anybody hot? Just me? Okay, cool. I'm sweating. All right? I'm just sweating. But, like, you can do that today right after this service. Immediately today, say, okay, God, I'm available. I don't know what my gift is. I don't know where you're calling me to go, but I'm available. God, I'll go where you call me. But availability, that's what God's really looking for. And the next thing is this. I'm going to tell you that, again, it's not your capability. It's your availability. And then I want to tell you, don't let your past, don't let your history keep you from your destiny. Right? The last thing we're going to talk about is this. Don't let your history keep you from your destiny. It's one thing to realize that God has an amazing plan for you. It's one thing to realize that he has an amazing purpose for your life, even despite your flaws, even despite my failures. It's another thing to actually walk in it. Right? There's another thing to do that. It's not easy to get over those mistakes of the past. It's not easy to get over the embarrassments of our past. But I'm here to tell you today, if there was somebody that should have felt disqualified, it would be this guy named Saul. It'd be this guy named Saul, and he could have spent his whole life dwelling on the mistakes of his evil desires that he had, the, the, literally the murders that he watched and that he committed, the hate that he spread, the lie, the gossip, the slander that he spewed. But guess what? Instead of that, instead of letting his past dictate his future, he gave it to God. God changed his life. And then guess what he started to do? He traveled from city to city, preaching the changing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? Wrote 13 books, and we're still quoting them to this day. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote that. And I came to remind somebody today, why did he do that? You know why? Because he's, he was obsessed with Jesus. That he was obsessed with Jesus. He was so obsessed with Jesus that he didn't let his history keep him from walking out God's future that he had for him. I think so many times we're letting our past live rent-free in our mind. When God is trying to break that past of us, say, hey, that's who you used to be before you met me. That's who you used to be before you met me. And what Paul did, I think is so incredible, is that he embraced his weaknesses, he, his disqualifications, his shortcomings, his past. Because they actually did what, what God intended. Listen, watch what God does. God actually used his past to show how great and redeeming our God is. That's what happened. Even he wrote it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, if I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. That's what Paul wrote. Then he wrote this in 1 Timothy. He's writing to a young church leader named Timothy, and he's writing to him. He says, hey, this is a trustworthy saying, Timothy, and everyone should accept it, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. Right? Paul realized it was not my doing. It was not my gifting. It was not my qualifications that made me right with God. No, it was Jesus. And listen to me. He is calling you to follow him. Leave the past behind, follow him in the future. Leave the past behind, follow him today. I, I love the great theologian. His name is Michael Jordan. Maybe you've heard of him. And uh, this is what he had to say. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I've missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And watch what he says. And that's why I have succeeded. And I want to tell somebody today, so many of you are dwelling on your past, 
are dwelling on your weaknesses, on dwelling, are dwelling on the times that you missed the shot or you lost the game or you lost that season. And what it think, we think it means is that we're out of the game that God wants us to play, that we're out of the game that God has called us to do. And I think so many of us were asking this question, well, how, how do I get past this abortion? How do I get over this affair? Like, how, how do I get over losing my business? How do I get over these, those places that I've gone and the, the things that I've done? And how do I get over something like this? How do I step into what God has called me to do? And I think I would just rather say what Paul said in the Bible because he says it like this. In Philippians chapter 3, he says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Watch what it says. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But watch this. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Watch what he says. I press on. Somebody say, I press on. Somebody say, I press on like you're fixing to keep pressing on. Somebody say it. Come on, all the way in additional seating. Come on, y'all say, I press on. I, I like that y'all helped them right there. I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Listen to me. In the words of what Paul is saying right there, it's time for us to forget about the imperfections that are behind us those mistakes, those regrets, and step into God's future for our lives that was only made possible by His Son, Jesus. That because of Jesus' stripes, we're healed. That because of Him dying on a cross, that we are saved. That because He shed His blood for us, that there can be redemption, which is just being a fancy word of saying, being made right with God, being justified. Now, I think this is something that I would want to tell you today. Stop living disqualified know that you have been justified so stop living the old way it's living rent free in your mind we got to stop living that way we got to start understanding that you have been justified not by your own self but by Jesus I want to read a list to you I think some of us in the room would still say ah nah I don't believe it I don't believe that God could use me I've done too much I've messed up too much I've got too much that I have no 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 way now, I want to read you a list of people that if you go through your Bible, these are kind of in the hall of faith. Like these are people that, like if you're talking about like the top-notch people that, that literally, uh, okay, man, they, we think about them as like many people that went after God with everything they've got. Listen, I want to read you a list of some of them, and I want you to know what their past would have said about them. If they would have stayed in the past, if they would have stayed living disqualified, they would have never stepped into what God had called them to in the future. Now, I want you to see that this list, you're going to hear some names that you know, there may be some that you don't know. But a guy by the name of Abraham, the Bible said, was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job lost it all. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Sarah was impatient. Miriam was a gossip. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Noah got drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. The Samaritan woman was divorced multiple times. Lazarus was dead. Peter denied Jesus three times. Martha worried about everything. 
Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples, you know what they did? They fell asleep while they was praying. You ain't the only one. Come on, somebody. And I came to remind somebody today that we serve a but God kind of God. That if it stopped there, guess what? That's bad news. It's bad news for all of us. But if you go back to the first verses of Romans chapter 5 that you're going to read this afternoon. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, that we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Come on, if you got peace in your life because of what Jesus has done, like think about who you were before Jesus. Think about it. Just think about what he saved you from, what he redeemed you from. Watch what it says in verse 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. But now watch this. It was your past. Your past is gone. What can you do now? You can live justified. You can stand confidently and joyfully looking forward to sharing God's glory. And I came to remind somebody today, do not let the past live rent-free in your mind any longer today. So here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do in this place. I know it's going to get loud. I know it's going to get a little hot in a second. I need everybody to stand to your feet. If you don't mind, as you stand, there should be a note-taker sheet or a sheet of paper. If you can find any sheet of paper right now in front of your body, I need you to grab that piece of paper. I did this in the first service. felt like the Holy Spirit was just pressing in on me to do it. We're going to do it in this service and experience as well. And I want to tell you something really quick. And, and if we can, if there's anybody that is on our, our, uh, our um, if we can grab two more trash cans. If we got so many people in this room, we're going to put three trash cans up here. If y'all can grab two more trash cans out of the, out of the lobby, somebody. Somebody grab two, if y'all don't mind. That'd be awesome. So we got, I, I want you to see something. If y'all don't mind, there's another trash can somewhere in here. Let's find where it's at. But we're going to put three trash cans on this platform in a second. I want you to take that sheet of paper, and we're going to go ahead and dim those lights down if we can. Not all the way down, but somewhere. I want you to take a moment right now. Because this is what I felt like the Lord was pressing in on me to to share with the first experience. Put it up on the stage. I want you to take that piece of paper that you got in your hand right now. And I don't know what you walked in this place with. But I think there's somebody in this room that you know Jesus. But you've been carrying something that's been holding you back from from doing what he's called you to do. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take 30 seconds. You know what it is already. You already know what it is. The Holy Spirit's already been speaking to you today. You already know what it is that is that thing that is holding you back from your past, that mistake, that relationship that whatever that past thing is that you're hanging on to and you're thinking because I've done this I have trouble doing what God is calling me to do I want you to think of what that is I want you to write it down right now I want I want everybody also in in a, a additional seating to do the same thing grab your piece of paper and I want you to write that down I want you to take 30 seconds right now and you, again you already know what that is the Lord has already been speaking to you I believe that you walked in this place knowing Man, if I had this one thing released, this one thing was different, then I just believe that I would, I could say yes to what God has called me to do. And here in just a second, I know it's going to get pretty chaotic in this room in a second. Because here's what I'm going to ask you to do. 
I, I want these trash cans that are up here on this platform to just be a representation of what Jesus believes about your past. And so I want you to know that because of what Jesus has done on the cross, that we have forgiveness from our sins, past, present, and future. And I want you to understand, though, that there's some of us that have been carrying around something, and we walked into this room carrying something that Jesus has already died for. And I want these trash cans to be a symbol today of this is how Jesus sees your past, and that is forgotten. It is as far as the east is from the west because of what he's done. And because of Jesus, you don't have to let issues hold you back. You don't have to let that mistake hold you back any longer. And what I'm going to ask you to do in a second is you're going to come up here and you're going to dunk that thing like Michael Jordan. Come on, somebody. Because that's exactly what Jesus has done for you and me in our sins. Because our sins had caused a huge gap between us and God. But Jesus came. We serve a but God kind of God. And that while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. So maybe you're in this place. And you just wrote down something that you think is holding you back. Well, guess what? Jesus died for that thing that you wrote down on that piece of paper. That Jesus died for that. And maybe if you don't know Jesus in this place, there is a place for you today to make a decision to say yes to him in this place today. There's not a, it's not a happenstance that you're here. It's not just an accident. No, you're here on purpose. Even in additional seating, I'm speaking to you right now too. Now you're not here just by an accident. I want to tell you today. That if you want to give your life to Jesus, it's very simple. The work has already been done by Jesus today. He's already died on the cross. He was buried. He was raised from the dead. And the Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we'll believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So if you're in this place and you need Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask everybody across this room to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right now? If that's you and you say, hey, I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus to save me. I need Jesus' forgiveness. I need to come in my life and forgive me today. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe you gave your life for me. I believe they put you in a tomb, and I believe that three days later you got out of the grave. I, put you as, I ask you to be the Lord of my life today. Save me. Forgive me. Help me live for you from this day forward. Awesome. That's you. The Bible says that if you have confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe on that, that he was raised from the dead, the Bible says that you will be saved. There is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to Jesus. And so maybe you're here and you say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today. If that's you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you mind raising your hand above your head right now? Would you say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus today. You raise it above your head as high as you can, up above your head. So I can see you. I see you. Awesome. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. Put your hands down now. I just want to tell you, there is a party going on in heaven when one person comes to Jesus. And I want you to know that we're going to celebrate in just a second of you saying, hey, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. And so maybe that was you and you just said, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. I'm going to do something really different if that's you. I'm gonna, we're just doing all kinds of stuff different today. Is that okay with everybody? Okay. I'm going to ask if you just raised your hand and you just said that you just wanted to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask, actually ask you to, would you come stand right here in front of the platform? 
as people begin to move, would you begin to just clap your hands, Purpose Church, and tell them that you are proud of them. Come on, come on, if you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus right here in front. Come on, anybody else say, hey, that's me. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. Come on, anybody else coming? Got some more coming. Come on, keep your hands clapping, Purpose Church. Got some more coming. Gave their life to Jesus today.